Court reporters hold one of the most important roles in the justice system. We're entrusted with the official records of the courts, and we also have to run our own businesses, which is not something most of us were prepared for. I'm Bryn Seymour, freelance court reporter and life coach, and I invite you to join the discussion about the problems we face and the solutions we create on the unique journey of a stenographer. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Court Reporter Podcast. Hello, court reporters, interpreters, attorneys, paralegals, everyone in the legal field, whoever's listening to this podcast, thanks for listening again. And I'm really excited about this week's topic, which is how I am transitioning. Temporarily, I'm going to be switching from freelancing to try out working in court. I want to see what it's like to have a stable, predictable schedule from nine to five. So I want to tell the story of how I decided to start working in court and how I'm making this transition. So basically, it all started at the end of last year while I was in Maine. I was just starting to get really fed up with the up and downness of the work. There was weeks where it was so busy and I was just like slammed and it can be exciting. And that was exciting and I like that. But then there were also very slow times and it would be great if I had planned to do something in those slow times. Like every human being has two parts of the, I mean, there's probably multiple parts of the brain that I'm not aware of because I'm not a psychologist, but the two main parts of the brain that I am aware of as a life coach, a certified life coach, is the prefrontal cortex, which is the executive functioning part of our brain, the decision-making part of our brain, the planning, that is our prefrontal cortex. And we also have the primitive part of our brain, also known as the, okay, I'm just going to call it the primitive part because I'm not really sure what the scientific name is. It's slipping my mind right now. So basically the primitive part of our brain, that's the part of the brain that loves seeking pleasure, immediate gratification, always wants to be comfortable always wants to be safe, protected, always putting the red flags up whenever you're putting yourself into what it could perceive as some kind of danger. So that part of our brain, if it had power over us, it would keep us on the couch all day eating ice cream or whatever our favorite sugar or favorite junk food is, watching our favorite TV shows or scrolling social media and just getting instant dopamine hits that is what we would be doing all day if we were controlled by our primitive brain and unfortunately the primitive brain is much stronger than the prefrontal cortex we have to make a conscious effort not just once or twice but it's like a continual struggle that human beings face is that we have to train ourselves to you know that's that's all about self-discipline and self-control and planning and following through with the plan so i'm actually planning an episode to share about how to follow through with your plan. A lot of us as court reporters, we don't have that luxury or that privilege or the ability to really plan the way that most people do just due to the unpredictable nature of our careers and our jobs as freelance court reporters. We just don't know, especially having a set end time. Like they say, okay, the deposition starts at 10 and we're going to go until two. We're not going past two. We're stopping at two. But here in New York, a lot of times I find that they have no idea when it's going to end. They don't even bother trying. I mean, sometimes they'll say, yeah, it's going to be short, probably no more than an hour. Sometimes they'll say that and sometimes it's accurate. But normally the agencies don't make the effort to figure out, like to get that information. And so they just say 10 o'clock, we have no idea when it's going to end. So just plan to be busy the whole day. Just plan nothing else for the whole day. The reason that we're different from animals is because 
we have a prefrontal cortex. We can live with intention, not just going with our instincts in the moment, which going with the instincts in the moment is fun in the moment, but it's not going to move us towards our goals. It's not going to move us where we want to go. It's going to keep us spinning around in circles, staying in the same spot, just getting immediate gratification, immediate pleasure, immediate excitement, just whatever we feel like doing at the moment is usually not what our higher level self actually wants to achieve in order to get closer to our goals. So like we need to utilize our prefrontal cortex. We are the, that's the, that's the difference between human and animals. If we didn't have that ability to live a very intentional planned life, then we would be like an animal. We're, there would be no difference. That's why you don't see animals planning. You don't see them scheduling meetings or scheduling anything because they don't have that ability with their brain. They only can do, like, they just are living to survive just day by day, moment by moment. And that's kind of, <laughs> it's just not a good habit for us to live like that as humans like we're humans so we should live as intentionally as possible that's what i believe and that is how we can achieve our goals and reach levels that we want to reach and up level ourselves so i feel like our unpredictable randomness of our scheduling and like how they tell us that we they don't know when the deposition is going to end and so those weeks come where it's like really slow and i didn't get to plan anything i mean yeah i could always have a backup plan but planning takes time and effort and so if you don't if you already know that it's a 50 50 like you don't know whether your plan is whether you're going to be able to do your plan or not it's difficult to build that muscle, to build that habit of actually planning, knowing that you don't even know if you'll be able to follow your plan. So it's very difficult for us as court reporters to get that habit, to get into the habit and build that muscle and utilize our prefrontal cortex. At least that's my experience. I know that there are some, many others out there who are really good at planning and sticking to their plans. Let's say I decide for myself that my goal is to get my RPR and in order to get it, I am going to practice for 30 minutes a day and I'm going to wake up every morning at seven o'clock and do my practice at that time. I don't know, like some kind of a plan. Imagine you make a plan, whatever you say you're going to do. I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m., practice on my steno machine for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to work out for 30 minutes. <laughs> like imagine you, you say, we have so many things we want to do. We have so many intentions. And we say, we want to work out. We want to reach this goal. We want to lose five pounds. We want to get our RPRs. We want to get our RMRs. We want to do everything. But imagine a world where you could say, this is what I'm going to do. And then you actually do it every single time without fail. You trust yourself. You know, you're going to do it and you do it. You can say you're going to do something. You plan it, you write it down, and then you absolutely do it. It takes training, strict training. But seriously, imagine if you could do that. If everything you said you were going to do, you actually do it. Imagine how much you could accomplish. So the trick the key to building that muscle, building that skill, and building that habit, it's actually very simple. And I've learned this over the past couple, I want to say years, but it's been at least one year since I've been really, really trying, like actively trying to build that skill and build that muscle and live an intentional life, make a plan and follow that. And there was one year, there was a specific goal I had and 
I was able to accomplish it because that was my one and only focus. And so what I really wanted to talk to talk about in this episode was the concept of constraint. Actually, there are two ways to accomplish your goals. So number one is constraint. Number two is becoming a type, the type of person who can say, I'm going to do this, and then you actually do it. Becoming the type of person who follows through with your own plan. Like, we have no problem following through with the plan that's given to us. I have no problem showing up to court. I have to show up at 9 o'clock. No problem. But when it comes to making my own plan, setting up my own structure, setting up my own, having that accountability from within, it's so much harder. (laughs) Can we agree on that? I hope so. I hope I'm not the only one. But building that muscle of becoming a person who follows through with your plan, who makes, first of all, makes a plan, and second of all, actually does what's on your plan. A lot of us try to make a plan, don't follow through so many times that we just decide it's a waste of time to even try to make a plan. So then we just give up on planning altogether. So there is a way to build that muscle and it takes time, dedication, effort, and training And I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. I'm going through the process. So actually that number two of building the muscle of becoming that type of person is a journey that I'm taking myself on. And so I'm learning a lot on that journey and I have a lot to share about it. So that'll have to be another episode. But this specific episode is about constraint. So let's talk about that. So if you truly want to accomplish something, you have to constrain, which means eliminate all other unnecessary things that are not focusing on that goal so that one year that I was able to accomplish a specific goal that I had set like a yearly goal and I broke it down with numbers and data and everything by month by week by day and I was able to accomplish that goal I mean I was able to accomplish at least the plan if we make a plan and say okay if I if I follow this plan I believe that I'm going to achieve this result and then we actually follow the plan there was one year that I was able to do that and it's because I constrained I didn't have a business to run I didn't have this is before I was even a court reporter I was working as like a receptionist it was during the year in between my college when I went to Gettysburg and Yukon and after not figuring out what major I wanted, I decided to take a year off to work and just figure out what I want to do and get to know myself and explore. And so I was working as a receptionist at an office and receptionist duties are not that difficult. Welcome everyone who comes into the office and be the face of the company. And so it wasn't difficult. Like I didn't have a lot to worry about. And so I had hours where I was just sitting at this desk and not, you know, you're not being bombarded with calls 24 seven or well, obviously I'm not working 24 seven, but for all eight hours of the workday, you know, there's some time that there's no phone call or no one coming in. So the, the question is, like, how do I get my life to be so routinized, so simple, so that I can focus on something important and meaningful to me in order to accomplish that goal? I've tried so many times to have multiple goals, multiple projects and efforts that I'm working on. And yes, it can be good to have multiple things that you're working on. But honestly, like there is not going to be too much of a result. But when you have one goal and one focus and you're only focused on that, your expectation 
can be high. You can shoot for the stars. You can do anything. You can really accomplish anything if you set your mind to it. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to accomplish, choose one goal, focus on it, and constrain by eliminating everything else. So when it comes to running a business, as a freelance court reporter, it's just a lot, like to a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things to handle, a lot of just things that just I personally, I mean, I did hire my transcript manager, Natalie, and she worked with me for three and a half, almost four years. And she just recently got a new job because I wasn't making consistently enough money to pay her a full-time salary. And she was so amazing and so good. And she deserves to be paid what she's worth. She's a a four-year college graduate from Hobart. She's a smart, intelligent woman. She's very well-spoken, so good at communicating with clients. I trusted her to communicate with attorneys. I trusted her to communicate with the agencies. She would figure things out without bothering me. Like she was just very good and smart, like a very intelligent woman. I mean, I wanted to be able to pay her a full-time salary. I wanted to share half of my salary with her, but even, but it got to some points where it was just so inconsistent, so up and down, especially when I moved from New York to Maine and then back. And like, it was just so much was going on and, and like the notary issue and like, it would be slow one week, fast another week. And then there would be a month. I mean, there was months during COVID when I should have gone unemployed, but I didn't even realize I could do that. Anyway, just a few weeks ago, she she got a new job. She got a full-time job in cybersecurity. She loves very, she's very detail-oriented, loves data, though she loves working. For, she loved working for me. She, like, she was very loyal. She was always loving her job. And all these years that I've been trying to that I've been saying like, yeah, it's going to be great. We're almost there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But it was really like my efforts were really to try to routinize my life and try to create simplicity in my life. And I really wanted like to just delegate everything to her. I did not want to run my business. I wanted her to run the business. And I, I just wanted to type. I just wanted to go show up at the depositions, type the testimony down, get it out of sight, out of mind, send it to her. She would take care of it from there. She would do all the, take care of the scoping, the proofreading, sending it to them if she wasn't available to do it herself, coordinating deadlines, managing everything, making sure it's formatted correctly, answering requests. If the agency center sent me a request, she would be the one to respond. Like if they said something was wrong or if they needed something, like she would be the one to respond. And so I literally created that for myself where I would just go and type. (laughs) And it was still overwhelming for me because I knew that like I, you can't just, you can't delegate. Okay, when it comes to scoping and proofreading and uploading to the portals, yes, I had managed that myself and I had been an expert at that so I could train her and I could delegate that to her. But there were a lot of other aspects of running a business. First of all, the bookkeeping and the billing and the uh, accounting, like all that, the financial aspect. There's a whole financial department that I was neglecting, wasn't really paying attention to. I even offered her a partnership. I wanted her to become a co-owner of my business. I actually was willing to even sell her my business or to give her my business if she was willing to run it. And I could just be an employee of my business. And of course, like that gives me still the power and the freedom to help as needed and to put in whatever as much effort as I wanted to. But but she she declined because she understands the concept of constraint too like you can't be trying to do everything if you're trying to do everything then you're going to end up accomplishing nothing even my mentor joshua told me and i didn't like it when he said it to me because it sounded harsh and it sounded mean but i appreciate that he told me this back in november when i was in maine i applied to the state of new york when i was contacting people about my podcast one of the contacts that i 
was in touch with was Reed Goldsmith. And he, Reed Goldsmith, when he, when I told him that I was moving from Maine to New York, he was like, oh my gosh, you have to apply for a job in court. Like we really could use you. And I was like, yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. I've always wanted to work in court. I've always wanted to go back to kind of having that very structured, very predictable routine where you're not overexerting yourself. You don't have too, too many responsibilities. Like you don't have to worry about the bookkeeping and the billing and the accounting and the invoicing and and the quarterly taxes and the unemployment insurance and the whatever other insurances whatever other taxes or fees you have to pay as a business owner and when you're when you set up payroll and i don't know i i actually have a bunch of notices from the government from the state of maine and from the state of new york that i just have been avoiding and procrastinating opening because it overwhelms me it stresses me out so much when you're overwhelmed when you're stressed out when you're not like when you don't have a peaceful clear mind it's very difficult to get anything done like you're just getting you're just living you're just getting by you're just doing the bare minimum doing what you have to do and you're always feeling stressed and overwhelmed and and that's how I would always be feeling and it's just not healthy and so since Natalie is no longer with me yes it's a lot more work on my part which is not a bad thing it's just it's just that I would love that structure. I would love that predictability, that stable routine. I don't want to have to worry about the financial department of my business. It's just like, even though there are benefits to having a business, to running a business, temporarily right now, like I love my business and I love the whole excite, like the excitement and the entrepreneurial aspect of it. But right now I really need constraint. I really need to simplify my life. And I think working in court at least I need to try it out. I need to see, even though I'm going to be commuting like an hour and a half all the way into the Bronx, and that's like (laughs) the place that nobody else wanted to work, and that's where I'm going to be going every day. And even though I'm going to be waking up early, even though I'm not a morning person, it's going to be difficult. I know it's going to be so hard. I'm probably going to pass out as soon as I get on the train, probably wake up late sometimes and have to just drive there into the heart of the Bronx, which is not ideal because there's going to be a lot of traffic. I don't care like I really want that in my life I really want that structure and maybe after a while I won't want it anymore but I just want to try it out and that's why I'm doing this so I I did apply for the job back in October and November filled out the application under and so I applied I followed up every single month wondering like what's the status when will I hear I really want this like stability this predictability (laughs) I really want it I want the structure and so I kept following up and they kept saying like yeah 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 you're you'll hear back in a month or in a few weeks and I never heard back until this month oh last month now now it's May so April is when I heard back so I was called for an interview oh and I had also been interviewed by another court in New York City a couple weeks before this and I the first time that I interviewed for court I didn't do very well so basically they were asking me, would you be willing to work long hours and stay late and to do daily expedites up to 150 pages a day? Would you be willing to do that? And and it didn't sound like I would be paid for the pages. And so I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of was taken aback and, and I was shocked and surprised and, and like, we didn't even have cameras on or anything like that and so I don't it was very impersonal I didn't even know who I was really talking to I didn't get get to see their faces they didn't get to see mine and so I was kind of like um this doesn't sound to me like it didn't sound to me like 
normal. Like, I guess I thought that all jobs in court were nine to five. Like, government offices never work past five and they never, they always have lunch breaks and they always have, you know, good benefits and things like that. So I was like, wait, you want me to do what? And so I was shocked and I didn't know how to answer that. I didn't know how to really respond. So I don't think I did too well. <laughs> so after that, I was very prepared for whatever they were going to ask me. And so my next interview was at the criminal court. It was in person. So I went down and I went down to the tip of Manhattan and I sat in front of a panel of three people and they asked me questions. It was a very simple interview. Like they don't really ask too many questions besides like, are you willing to do this? Are you able to do this? Oh, one question they asked me in the family court interview after the criminal court interview. Uh, the next day I had a family court interview and they asked me, what would you do if you noticed that someone was being harassed or treated improperly or discriminated against? Something along those lines. They asked me that question and so my answer was that I would not involve myself unless I had to depending on the situation but in most cases I, if I observed something like that I would just report it to whoever is the necessary person to report that to because that's my understanding of how a government organization should run or any high level organization should be run like that like you don't just involve yourself in matters and have arguments with people like you just report the facts to the supervisor and let them know this is what happened i'm a little concerned about it so that that was my answer and that was the only question that was like not factual based or skills based all the other questions were kind of like can you do real time would you be willing to do real time if someone requested it would you be open to working late would you be able to work on weekends criminal court like they're the ones that are all over the place a family court is strictly nine to five so i chose family court because i really like i said <laughs> i think i've said it like five times that i just really want that structure and so i chose family court that sounded lovely to me and they offered me the job yeah criminal court and family court both offered me the job so that is might be a shock to you that i'm switching from freelance to court for a little bit and see i'm gonna see how that goes i'm really excited for this i'm just so so excited i can't wait to share with you guys what i learned and i really love to hear your feedback so if you can leave me a review on this podcast if you like it please give me a five, five star review if you don't like it then send me an email I, you don't have to leave negative <laughs> you don't have to leave a negative comment it would be great if you could just like send it to me privately if you have any feedback constructive criticism or if you have any ideas we i love to collaborate with court reporters and with anyone in the legal industry interpreters lawyers attorneys counsel people officials whoever wherever you are if you want to collaborate if you want to add anything if you have anything a story to share please let me know because i'm always looking to collaborate with others this is not only my journey that people can benefit from hearing my experiences but especially the experiences of others who are ahead of me there are so many more advanced and experienced people out there than i am so it would be great to collaborate with all of you and leaving a review is really helpful because it helps others to learn about this podcast one thing that i forgot to mention was <laughs> okay so after i took the court test and i got the offer I was offered a job as a provisional court reporter, not an official full-time court reporter, but provisional, which means it's temporary until, I guess there's, apparently, there's a test that you have to pass, and you have to be on this list of registered, approved court reporters for the courts, like official court reporters. And I did not realize, I mean, I heard vaguely in the past that there's a test, and I thought that, like, I would 
be like you would get the job as a provisional and then once you're there you they give you a test and you pass that you have to pass the test I, I don't know I thought there would be some preparation once you get the job but I had no idea that it was like something that I had to register for and something that I had to do separately so I got like upset about that and I asked my mentor I, I said what what in the world like I how did I not know about this I missed I just missed the deadline I just missed my chance to register for the test the test was May 6th and for the higher level court, I think it's May 20th. And so I was contacting Mike and Reed and every, every contact, every connection that I had that had helped me with the process of getting a job in court. I contacted them. I said, is there any possible way? Like I missed the registration date, but the test hasn't happened yet. Is there any possible way that you can still get me in? Can I register late? Is there any loophole? Any loophole? Like there has to be a loophole. There has to be a way because the test hasn't happened yet. I was determined to find a way to register because I really didn't want to lose the job. If I really like working in court, I want to be able to keep it. And I also want to be able to transfer to a court that's closer to my, to where I live so that I don't always have to be commuting so far. But I could not find a loophole and I did not end up taking the test, which is fine. You know, I, I got over it, but I was upset and I asked my mentor and I said to him, I, I said, like, why did I not know about this? Like, how, I just feel like this industry, our industry, we don't have a way of being up to date and we're always missing things. It's like a hit or a miss. So he said that it was all over Facebook, but I said, well, what do you, where, like, what does that even mean all over Facebook? What? Is there a newsletter that I should be on? Is there any way to consistently, reliably stay up to date on what's happening within the industry, specifically in the state of New York or whatever state you're in? So I guess in New York, we don't really have a newsletter like that. So hopefully this podcast can help keep everybody informed and help you not make the same mistakes that I made. If you want to work in court, because the thing is that this test... The civil service exam is only given once every four years. That's why it was such a big deal. That's why I was like, no, I have to make it. I have to figure out a way to get in. Because if I, you know, if I don't take the test, that's another, that's four years and I'm, I'm going to lose my job. So, well, hopefully not. I mean, we'll see what happens. But whatever is God's will, I, I'm totally just walking the path, going with the flow. And... <laughs> We'll see what happens. So I will continue to share what's going on with my journey and hope everything works out well. And I hope you're all having fun with your entrepreneurship. And all right, I'll talk to you later. Bye.